From Sarasota Memorial, this is HealthCast. A healthy dose of information from experts you can trust. Hi, everybody. Welcome to HealthCast. I'm Heidi Godman. In this episode, we're going to be talking about public versus private hospitals. What's the difference? And more importantly, what does the difference mean to you as a patient? We'll also find out more about the man who leads Sarasota Memorial Healthcare System. We'll find out about his background, and we'll also find out what's influenced his approach. Our guest is David Verinder, the president and CEO of Sarasota Memorial Healthcare System. Welcome to the program. Thrilled to be here today. Okay, let's get right to it. So tell us about the difference between a public and a private hospital. So you have both in in this country, we have not-for-profit hospitals and we have for-profit hospitals. A not-for-profit hospital really is there to serve a community and the the medical needs of that community, whatever those may be. Um, And we look at that all the time and determine what those needs are and go through a strategic planning process to address those. A private hospital or a for-profit hospital uh, really is is more of a sometimes a niche player. Uh, they play a vital role to the community and have and are, are, and, and a lot of times very good hospitals. Um, but they're at the end of the day they're there to serve their the community along with the shareholders that that, that own the hospital. And SMH is one of the largest public hospitals in the nation. Can you give us an idea of how vast it is? I mean, what are the services and how far does its reach extend? So we've we've grown quite a bit over the years. We have a 95-year history at this point um, and, and really have ex- had some exploding growth over the last few years. We're up to around 839 beds today, about a billion dollars of revenue. Um, our services are, are pretty vast. There's, there's, it's much easier to tell you what we don't do than what we do do. Um, uh, we don't have a burn center, so we coordinate with local um, with with a regional burn center for that, and we don't do transplants. Once again, we we coordinate that um, with a regional uh, approach on that. But everything else, we pretty much do, um, and our reach goes from. I always say it's south of the Skyway Bridge to north of Fort Myers, um, but quite honestly, we have international patients that come in from all parts of the globe. And SMH has experienced just tremendous growth since you took over in 2014 as CEO. And for a private hospital, that might be seen as really just a way to make more money, but it's different for a public hospital, isn't it? Tell us a a little bit about the safety net. Sure. So we, once again, we provide a little bit of everything. So uh, we take all comers. So whether you have insurance or not, whether you're a Medicaid patient or not, uh, we take our commercial insurance. Uh, We take everyone. Uh, We provide services that are traditionally not very profitable or or money losers. For example, our NICU unit, uh, high high investment, low low to zero or negative margin in that. Uh, Our trauma center, which sees a tremendous amount of patients uh, a year. And, and various other things, psychiatric services, that others probably don't do because of the, the re, there's not a return there, but, but it, the return to us is the service to our community. So you have to be there as that safety net to provide all of those services for everybody here in the community. And you're always going to need to keep up with the growth of the community. And uh, it has really grown so much in the last 30 years. I think the population has doubled. But the Sunco still has this small hometown kind of feel, and I'll bet that's something that you can relate to. I knew you spent some time growing up outside of Houston, Texas, but then, and, and that's a big area, but then you spent a good portion of your time growing up in a small community in Louisiana. Tell us about that. 
Well, I grew up in, in, a, in a small college town. Um, it was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is also the capital of Louisiana. And, and Baton Rouge has grown tremendously, particularly after the Katrina uh, hurricane hit New Orleans. And a lot of that ended up in the, the population from New Orleans ended up there. Uh, so uh, I, I consider myself from a small town. Uh, certainly Baton Rouge is a lot different than Sarasota. Um, we we fell in love with the city um, really back in the early 2000s. Uh, and when we had the chance to move here back in 2006, uh, jumped at it. Uh, we we love the community. We love the feel. Um, we're, did we're it remind you of fans. home? It, 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 in a lot of ways, it does remind you of home. No Creole uh, food. There's no Creole food. The seafood's a little different here than in, in South Louisiana, but it's amazing. It's Fav- an amazing What's your place. favorite Creole food? Uh, I, I would just go back with regular crawfish, anything. Crawfish, anything. Like a crawfish anything. etouffee or anything or like jambalaya. that. Jambalaya, right. Uh, all right, so you were a Boy Scout. You worked your way up to Eagle Scout. <laughs> You're very humble about that. You don't talk about it very often. And while you were doing all that, you were helping pay your way through college. You went to Louisiana State and then Auburn. That's true. Go Tigers. Go Tigers on both sides. Right. Uh, And then you got out of school and you're a CPA and you land in the field of not-for-profit health care. Did you plan that? You know, I... No, from from early on, I did not plan that. I, I I was a CPA, as you said, and I worked in a in a CPA firm in Baton Rouge, and and uh, had a pretty good career doing that. I I decided that I wanted to do something a little different. My practice had turned into a lot of healthcare um, services, uh, and I ended up going to work for a client of mine. It was a small hospital in North Baton Rouge um, as the CFO there, and that's really where I started learning what goes on in hospitals. What about your parents? What sort of influence did they have on you, especially by the time you got to that point? Did they really help you get there? I, by setting foundations for, for, for what I what I am today. I mean, I have a very loving family. I mean, a, a hardworking family. Uh, my dad uh, worked for IBM pretty much his whole career uh, and, and you know, moved around a little bit between Texas and Louisiana. My mom um, was a school teacher and, and also stayed at home with us um, for quite a bit. Um, and so I would say they the foundation of what I am certainly resonates from my parents. And they were high achievers, right? Wasn't your father a scientist at IBM? He was. He well, he he uh, he started his career uh, with with NASA uh, out of out of um, college, and worked there for a few years as an engineer um, on on some uh, on a rocket on Saturn V, I believe, uh, and then left there and be- and worked for IBM for the rest of his career until so he retired. You have this interesting mix. You have high achievers, but a close knit family small hometown feel, and then you're working there for a while. But then you went on to a number of other big jobs in Tampa and then Temple, Texas. The facilities were getting much, much bigger. And then you were shifting from uh, what you were doing in finance to chief operating officer. And then what was it that brought you to Sarasota? Was it just the water? Was it just because you love the community? Uh, No, it, it was it was at the foundation. We love Southwest Florida. We love Sarasota. Um, but when when I got approached about the job, and, I, and my first job here was as chief financial officer, I got approached about the job. I took a look, long look at it, um, and Gwen McKenzie had asked me if I'd be interested in coming. She was the CEO at the time. And she had... Um, and I took a look at it, and I said, "Wow, it's a pretty nice little hospital, and and that that 
probably needs a little bit of financial help, you know, and discipline and, and this, some skills that I thought that I could contribute to. And so that's what happened. And a great place to raise a family. It's a fantastic place. Both my daughters grew up here and, and went through grade school and all the way through high school here. And uh, now we're off in the college world. And, and you all love the water? Oh, we do love well, Who doesn't like the water? I, I, I mean, it's an incredible... Um, uh, for anybody who's watching this and doesn't know Sarasota, I'd invite you to come down. I'll be the, the, the Chamber of Commerce person <laughs> for a minute and say it's an incredible place to and visit. And the boating and, is amazing. And to be here. The boating is amazing. The beaches are amazing. Um, who, what's not like? How do you know if it's a good day to go out on the water? Uh, you, you go over one of the bridges, the Ringling Bridge <laughs> or something like that, and you look out there, and if you see there's white caps. Yeah, you take you take that as a beach day, or go to Moat Aquarium or somewhere and and visit that. If you and if you see don't you don't see white caps, it's a great day to go out and fish. Right, and <laughs> and fishing is so great here too. So so you came here for the job, for the lifestyle, but you really had a big job ahead of you because SMH looked so different when you got here a second ago. You just said that uh, things weren't as great as they could be, but in fact, it was really losing money. And you, David, are credited with helping to engineer this major financial turnaround at SMH. What did that take? Well, it, it, it's not one person. It, it takes, a, it takes a, a whole team, a whole village, um, and, and it starts with your board. You have to have a committed board that, that, that recognizes what, what needs to be done, both you know, hard things and investments and that type of thing. You need a uh, team, an executive team around you that are, that are really going to believe in that and, and, and do what needs to be done. And then you need the physicians and the, and the community to be behind you too. So uh, I, I, I appreciate you said that, that, that I did something with it, but uh, it's really the entire group that, that comes together around that. But that change in finances for Memorial really changed everything and enabled it to grow in so many ways. The list of everything that's happened since you've come here is just so incredible. Your staff has just about doubled. How many now? More than? I think we're up to around 6,400 employees now. Um, throughout the healthcare system. Throughout the healthcare system, yes. You've brought in specialists who are national players. Why did you start doing that? Well, you you start to look at ways to grow, and we've done a number of different things. We've brought in new services, so we, we, we did a tremendous investment in the outpatient services um, in this area before anyone else really was doing that throughout the country. Uh, we created diagnostic centers and urgent care centers and on and on and on. Uh, we have but we also needed to keep growing and being better at what we do. So we really sought out some really national leaders and and their specialties and recruited them here. And when you do that, people follow, the patients follow and they come here. And we had some people were leaving the area uh, to go get their health care elsewhere, they don't leave anymore. Uh, some people were getting health care where they lived, where, where that might be in Chicago or New York or, or wherever, now they come here. So, I, I so think one of, the, one of the most obvious ways that the hospital started growing, you mentioned the urgent care centers, and, and I was talking about that too, but that's where just to the lay people, to the patients, potential patients, we saw Sarasota Memorial stretching out a little bit. You go up to Bradenton, to Heritage Harbor. Uh, you go down to Northport, put in the ER and, and provide the other services there. There are a total of, what, 
six we centers? have we have six urgent cares and, and then plus the freestanding ER that you mentioned in Northport and then a number of diagnostic centers. So that's growing in a very visible way and then in a way that's maybe not as visible to everybody is First Physicians Group. Tell us about that. So First Physicians Group is the wholly owned um, subsidiary of, of Sarasota Memorial. Uh, it is the, the organization that when we employ a physician that every one of our physicians is employed through. Um, so it's grown tremendously from around 50 doctors to, to close to 250 today. Um, it is it's just celebrated its 25th anniversary, um, but its growth has been explosive. And really, when you look at the dynamics of healthcare and how physicians work, uh, it's really it's you have to have it and you have to be that's how we are able to recruit and that's how we're able to attract and coordinate care through the community so you've got all of these things in place and then memorial says we're going to get a trauma care center yeah that was big that was very big news tell us about the trauma center so the trauma center uh it was it we, we came around back when when i was hired it was one of the things that i i said i really think we should do a trauma center and so i get i said hired into the ceo role so about five years ago and that took a tremendous amount of coordination uh so it took a board that wanted to really that would put some capital into the organization because we didn't have trauma base we needed to add more ors we needed to do a lot of different things like that the board um said yes we agree we need to have this in our community then we had to go talk to all the physicians because it's a big burden on the physicians uh, to be able to do call uh, to, to adjust the way they were working uh, to where we had to really kind of work all that out and i say it was a whole team of working on that so we coordinated that but then you had to get the staff we had to make sure our staff were at the level of being able to be a level two trauma center and and the results have been unbelievable and now everybody's on board everybody is so grateful that we have it and you cover so much area tell us about that with the trauma center well it's amazing so we didn't really know when we started this what what our volumes were going to be like we had people you know the consultants right telling us Oh, you'll see 500 patients. Maybe you'll see 700 or 1,000 a, a year. And, you know, and what we, knew, what we knew was that if somebody had a car accident in front of the hospital, the ambulances would come and take them to, to Tampa or, or to St. Petersburg, to the trauma centers there. And we just thought that was not serving our community well. Well, after our, our first year, we see what we've learned is we see about 3,000 trauma patients a year. I mean, so it's tremendously more than we ever thought possible. And I can tell you, I mean, there are a lot. I know people who are walking the streets of Sarasota right now um, and, and living, it, it, who have families and everything else who are alive today because we made that, that decision and did that hard work. And it also was a matter of bringing in specialists just for that trauma care center, right? Oh, we, we started with three trauma surgeons. I think we're up to, to six or seven trauma surgeons now. We've, we've had to bring in two uh, orthopedic trauma, traumatologists that are specialists in orthopedic trauma. Uh, we have had to work with the various specialties to make sure they have the right people um, and the, the cover, to cover. And, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a journey. You know, we didn't see all that five years ago, but we adapted and worked with our teams to do it as we went along. And now, again, everyone assumes that, oh, well, this is how it is. We have to have this in our community. I when don't think anyone thinks that we should go the other way. <laughs> agree, agree. And another really visible way that Memorial grew was with the new tower. 
and you were very involved in that. The cardiac care is there, and also mother-baby, tell us. So, and that was interesting. So we started that back in probably 2007, 2008. Uh, we built a new tower, it's called the Courtyard Tower for people who are here. Uh, and if you remember, that was in the time when, when things got really dicey in Florida and the United States, and the whole country, but particularly in Southwest Florida with the recession. Uh, I think we were probably the only construction project going on at that point in time. Uh, and it was a tremendous, um, you had a lot of consultants out there saying, oh, hospital beds are going to go away. Nobody's going to use hospitals anymore. Everything's going to be an outpatient. And we kept saying, we think we need this tower. And the board, um, it was a huge commitment on that on our board's part to, to allocate a couple hundred million dollars to that. That's not That's not a small thing. And we looked at the parts of the hospital that needed the most um, investment, that being mother baby, the NICU, others that, that are not profitable areas in the hospital, but now have some of the nicest space in the hospital because was, they had the greatest need. Then we have a two cardiac floors in there and an orthopedic floor as well. And, and just state-of-the-art equipment, too. It's, it's incredible. I mean, uh, and think about that. That's been, I guess that's been almost 10 years ago when that happened, and uh, it's great people, great equipment, great facility. And people, also, can't, people can't imagine being without it. I think that also said so much for Memorial's commitment and that safety net approach, because for years, decades, people had been saying, hey, we need more services for women and children. And then here you go, you build this beautiful tower and you devote how many floors to, to women and babies? Uh, three, three, of the floor, three of the seven floors are to mother baby. Yeah. Uh, so between NICU and, and um, delivery. And I'll tell you, you look at the NICU in particular. The old NICU used to be a bunch of basically cribs in a big room. Um, and, and now they're all individual rooms where, where um, families can be together and have their privacy and get incredible health care. It's a much different so. situation. And and I think that said a lot to the community. And then after that you built another tower, the rehab pavilion. We did. So so we keep we always keep looking and say what's the biggest need? Where 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 are our biggest challenges? And we had a rehab facility uh, that was the for those of you in Sarasota, uh, it was on a nine and ten um, East Tower in the kind of old part. It was it was um, it needed help. Uh, to say the least. Uh, we had a 34-bed rehab uh, that we probably had a census of 20 patients in at any given time. And we built that new 53-bed or 54-bed um, building um, on the back, and it's been full ever since. I mean, and, and people rave about it. So. And, and the equipment there, I mean, we're talking about cutting edge. <laughs> Tell us about some of that equipment because it's really right out of a sci-fi movie. It's a, it's amazing. Uh, if you go up there and take a tour of it, I mean, we have uh, tracks. I mean, we, a lot of this equipment was kind of built for this hospital and, and now is being, you know, sold elsewhere. Uh, so really went, we went, we try to go all in and try to make sure we had the best of everything. But some of it, you can put someone who can't walk, who can't stand, and they can walk around the, the facility Yeah, now. that track. That's the track. on the That's ceiling, right. and then they're suspended, but they get to walk the endoskeleton. I mean, nobody had that. Nobody yeah. had that before when and, we did that. And people are coming from far away yes. to try and, and get in on that. I mean, this is really drawing a lot of business, and and so, but it's also serving the the population it gets people back i mean people who have had strokes or or bad accidents or anything else are able to rehab now and, and get back to, to to part of their life back so that has all just been in the last decade oh the the rehab was probably 
five years ago, four years ago, right. maybe. Right. Um, and, and Courtyard Tower eight years ago. So. And so for someone who's lived in this community for a long time, like I have, you sit back and you see suddenly all this growth. And now you learn that Memorial is going to grow even more on a tremendous level. You have two very big projects going. One, let's talk about SMH in Venice. Now, that has been something that you've been talking about for a long time. It's going up very quickly. And a lot of people have really wanted that service. So Venice, we're very excited about. Uh, we bought that property, the 65 acres, um, back in 2005. Uh, we finally are development. If you go, if you go drive by it today, you'll see columns coming up out of the ground, um, and we expect to be open in the fourth quarter, 2021. Uh, it is going to be our first satellite hospital in 95 years, uh, and so we're we're excited about it. Uh, I think the, the people in Venice and South County are excited about us being there. And uh, it is going to make our, it's going to grow us again. We're going to grow and we're going to learn to do things different again. And 110 beds. And what I think is important here to point out too is that these are new beds. Yes, there are new beds to the system. There, we're starting with 110 beds. Uh, we have designed a facility around being able to expand and expand. Um, in a very systematic kind of way. So, so for example, our kitchen is desi not designed for a 110-bed um, hospital. It's designed for a 300-bed hospital. You know, a, a lot of that hospital is, is all designed to be able to expand without causing interruptions to other parts of the hospital. And we think that expansion happens a lot sooner than later. And the services that you're bringing to that part of Sarasota County, tell us. Well, there we're the services are going to be all inclusive of what you would find in a community hospital. So everything from a ER to labs to the diagnostics equipment, uh, they'll have an o a full OR, so orthopedics, um, uh, cardiac, will, you know, cath labs will be there, on and on and on. Mother baby. We're doing yeah, mother I was baby. going to say I'm the sorry. one that yeah. is so important, I think, to so many women who live south of Sarasota. Uh, really would be obstetrics because if you live in Northport or Venice, you have a long way to go to get to the hospital. You do, you know, and it goes back to your original question. There's four hospitals in Sarasota County. We're the only hospital that delivers babies, and 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 now there'll be two because we'll, our other one will start delivering babies as well, and and uh, and we're looking forward to that. And then let's talk about the other big project happening right in front of the hospital, and that's the new Cancer Institute. Right. So we, we took a look um, probably five years, once again, about five years ago, at what services are people leaving the town for. Uh, and one of those were, were oncology needs. Uh, now, we have pretty amazing uh, medical oncologists and surgical oncologists in town, uh, really some of the brightest um, in, in the country and in the world. Uh, but people felt that they needed to go somewhere else uh, for treatment. Uh, we didn't. We feel like any time that anybody's going leaving in a in a large way to somewhere else to go get treatment, we need to address that. So we we are developing a new cancer center. It's going to be a nice. Um, I think it's eight eight story tower on our main campus and more beds. It's, it's another 56 private rooms and another nine ORs. So within a year or two, Memorial will have more than a thousand beds. Oh, much more than a thousand. Yes, it's it's going to be a it's it, we're uh, I will be well north of a thousand, and we'll be uh, in our 
volumes will be tremendous. You mentioned earlier our 6,400 or so employees. I think we'll have over 10,000 employees at and, that point. And then, so the, the SMH Venice Hospital, the Cancer Institute, all these things, again, serving the needs of the community, and SMH is growing so much, but how do you keep that small town feel because you walk into the hospital and there really is a vibe and a culture of this is our hospital this is our community treasure how do you keep that when you get so big well it's not easy and and it takes a lot it takes everyone pulling in the same direction um we are you know the, the culture here has grown for 95 years so there's a lot of culture in this organization and and people people come um they don't come for a job they come because they really enjoy what they do and want to to do what to serve the community in a way that that is probably unique uh it is when we're hiring people we spend a lot of time in the hiring process to make sure people are going to fit in that culture and really f- understand what we're what we're about I talk to everyone during orientation and I talk, you know, tell people, you know, this is how we do things. If you see somebody lost, go help them out. If you see somebody, you know, go up and say, good morning, good afternoon, make eye contact and the, the simple things. And, and you're the kind of CEO who keeps another set of clothes in the office to go actually visit patients in the room. I do. Yeah, I, I don't know that I've heard of a lot of CEOs doing that kind of thing. Is that your hometown roots? So I, I, what I'm wearing right now is what I wear to work every day, okay, because I want to be approachable. I don't want to wear a suit and go onto the floors or go into to the different areas. I want employees to be able to come up to me and talk about anything they want to. And a lot of times um, people, you know, a lot of times the employees or, or others see a dark suit and tie they look unapproachable. So I, 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 I'd like to be approachable. Now, I do throw a jacket on when I go see empl- uh, uh, patients in, in, in the, the different areas of the hospital. Um, but it's, you know, you, you, that's how we have our culture. Yeah, and it's, it's really that hometown vibe. So it's starting from the top, and it goes all the way down. It's evident anywhere you go in the hospital. Will we all be able to maintain that? Will we always think of it as our hometown hospital? Do you think the vibe inside the hospital will always feel that way? It will as long as I'm able to, <laughs> to be here. I mean, I, I, yes, uh, it, it would be a failure if we, if we ever became something else. Uh, it, is, it is something that we treasure, uh, but we also know that people come here from all parts of the globe uh, to, to seek care it's in sarasota so we have to play the role to them too and um but we will always at, at the fundamental of what we are will always be a community hospital uh who who wants to get to know our neighbors and our, our the people that that come there david verinder thank you so much for being with us today thank you i appreciate you having me thank you for joining us today for more information please visit smh.com follow us on your favorite social media network